That was great. Thank you. I really appreciated that a lot. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Rocky episode of Can We Just Say? And can I just say, I really appreciate you for doing that Rocky interlude with me. Because the Rocky Overture slaps. And I wrote in my notes multiple times, Bill Conti, go off. <laughs> like, he just went crazy and I super love it. I love that you have a, a name to put to that because I just kept writing the song slap so fucking hard. Every oh, movie. Bill Conti, if he didn't get an Oscar for composing that, he deserves one because it's the best. And it was the best intro to our Rocky episode because every Rocky movie starts with that little overture and it gets me so fucking hype every time. And I'm super hype to oh, do yeah. this Oh yeah, move over Eye of the Tiger. Why does every why does it get that credit? Because everyone loves Rocky Four and Rocky Three, and it's fine. It's okay. We'll talk about it, but that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> We're moving on. Okay. Well, Sarah, we are in the ring, and you are gonna coach me because this is your arena. I am so ready for this. I can be the Mick to your Rocky. It's okay. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Please. So, I was thinking it might be best to just start with like the Rocky Stallone story. Yeah, okay. To kind of just do, like, my little drunk history about, like, how it was made and everything. Because I have seen, like, every behind-the-scenes making of commentary of Rocky ever to exist. And so I know it pretty well. And so I just wanted to give my little blow-by-blow. And then we'll get into the meat of the story. But The meat of the story. Look what you did. Oh, look at what I did. Okay. Um, so I mentioned before that it won Best Picture in 1976, which is pretty crazy for a movie that was filmed in like 28 days, mm-hmm. which is pretty crazy. So I just want to say, so it was written by Sylvester Stallone. And when he wrote it, like he was so poor in Hollywood, he like was this guy who couldn't get jobs except for like being like the tough guy in like a movie and he was like I don't want to be a tough guy I'm like a rich like private school kid like even though I look like a tough guy like Mm -hmm. I want dramatic roles and everything and so he wrote the the movie and he wouldn't give them the rights to make it unless he got to play Rocky because he knew like if I don't play Rocky I'm like gonna regret it for the rest of my life and so at one point in hollywood he was so poor that he tried to sell his dog Buttkiss, who ends up being in the movie um because he was like i can't afford to keep this dog and so he he originally saw a chuck wepner fight muhammad ali and like wepner like knocked ali to the ground and that was his inspiration to write rocky um and also the italian stallion was his poor name he was in a porno and that was his name in the porno. Sarah, okay, so you have looked up every fun fact about this movie. Did you watch that porno? I have not watched the porn. <gasps> Sarah, if you want me to, I'll cut it out. You can tell me. <laughs> I have not seen it. Cross my heart. Well, I have not seen it. I know what my feature flick is today yeah, after you, you leave. Yeah, I don't remember what it's called, but I know his name in the porn I, is Italian I'm sure Stanley. it's easy to search. I'm sure it is. Continue. Um, so... 
Stallone, like, was Rocky. Rocky was a metaphor for his life, and he wrote the movie to, like, exercise his own worries. He wrote the script in, like, three days. Um, and the only reason it got seen at all was because he went to an audition um, with, like, Robert Chartoff, and they were like, well, you're not good for this role. And he's like, well, I'm a writer. Like, do you want to read what I wrote? And then that time, like, they weren't so inundated with people trying to get into Hollywood and so like sure we'll read your thing (laughs) okay kid yeah they were like whatever yeah sure and then they liked it enough but they didn't like him they didn't want him to play Rocky they wanted like all these other like um big name guys to play and he's like no you have to let me play and he was so poor that he's like if I don't get it I'm gonna be in the same boat that I already am so the money doesn't really mean anything to me right now they're offering me I want I have to play Rocky um and so they finally agreed and he rode cross country with his dog farting constantly for three days to Philadelphia yo I feel that I know and it reminded me so much of like Helga that I had to leave it in um and so yeah Buttkiss is in the movie his dog Buttkiss Mm -hmm. is in the movie um the, another thing that they did is he, they cast, like, half of his family in the movie. So his brother is Frank Stallone, who's one of the, like, singers in the alley. And his oh, song... Oh, that's such a cute part to have. Yeah, so, like, the curly-haired guy that he sees in the, like, on the streets mm-hmm. who sings, Take you back, do-do-do-do. That song is in every one of the movies because it's his brother's song. And he's like, yeah, Frank, I'll put your song in every one of my movies so you make royalties on it because who else is listening to it? You know, I have to say, and we'll get into it later, but that makes me understand so much more why Polly is, like, a character that sticks around and he, like, protects at all costs because clearly he's oh, he looks out for his family yeah. in general. Because there's so many times where I'm like, just get Polly to the I know. Get him out of here. Well, and his dad is, like, the ring beller, like, the bell ringer guy mm-hmm. in the in the first movie, at least. His ex-wife was, like, the set photographer. Like, he got, got anyone he could get to be in this movie. And it was super cheap to make because, like, everyone was unknown and they used, like, handheld cameras and all of the shots were, like, one shot only. Like, they would just ride around Philadelphia in this van, and they'd make Sly jump out and run through the street while they filmed him. They'd be like, hey, like, the scene where he's running in the montage and somebody, like, throws an orange at him, that's a stranger. Like, that stranger didn't know who he was. He just saw this guy in a film crew, and he's like, hey, and throws him an orange. And he's like, okay, thanks. Which is the most movie thing ever. Nobody does that in real life. I know. He probably just was like, I want to be on camera and like through this Yeah, orange. oh, is that what we're doing? Yeah. Mm. And then there was another scene during the montage where he's running and they just kept telling him to run faster and faster and faster and so you can see him like speed and so mm-hmm. they would do that. They'd be like, jump out, run as fast as you can and then like yeah, so most of the shots were done, like, one and two takes, especially the ones that are, like, in Philadelphia, like, outside. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, Stallone choreographs all the fights for all the movies. Like, he's the fight choreographer. And so there's footage out there you can watch on YouTube of him, like, standing with Carl Weathers and with, like, some of them are actual boxers. And mm-hmm. he'll be there, like, you know, like, okay, you punch me and then I'm going to fall on, on this side and then I'm going to, like fake climb the ropes and I'm gonna fall and so like I really think that is so neat that he's like the writer the lead actor the stunt choreographer and then in the later movies he's like executive producer for most of the movies 
And so, like, this franchise is really his baby, mm-hmm. and he loves it so much. And I think that's just so cool that he knows he has such love for this movie, and it really makes me have love for this movie, too. And I just love it so much. So, tell me, what were your, like, first impressions? What resonated with you? Because we've talked a little bit about what resonated with me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, the only really memory that I had going into this of Rocky when I was a kid, I would remember my dad watching it, and I remembered the Adrian mm-hmm. scene at the end feeling like it took, like, 15 minutes. And so, as I was growing up, I was like, keep it. I don't need that. <laughs> and then it's, like, 30 seconds or something in the I actual know. movie. So, that was my whole first impression going into it. But my literal first impression... That scene, the first fight of the first movie, I was like... Spider Rico? uh, Yeah, but I was like, this really sucks. Like, everything about it was just, like, so tame until there's, like, a point that it turns. Mm -hmm. But I even wrote down, I was like, hmm, well, this is boring. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I was initially drawn to, especially the first two movies, that... um, they were fun to watch because of that kind of, like, that one camera, we're just going to get it in this shot kind of action, where there were certain points of the movie that I it felt almost too private to be watching it sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ooh, I, like, it felt like I was intruding on his life because it was so personal. But then after, like, probably, like, halfway through Rocky two or something, then that just goes out the window. Oh, and then yeah. you're back in movie land. Um, but I was just kind of genuinely surprised at how the atmosphere felt in one in the first part of two. I think that was my first general kind of sentimental yeah. reaction to the yeah. movie, I think. No, it is. And um, <laughs> I'm glad you brought up the first scene because that was – so, like, we've talked a little bit in the actual, like, our other episodes about – like, the reason that I was so into Rocky was because I watched it at a time when I was also feeling this, like, imposter syndrome and feeling like a failure and, and wasn't getting my shot, what I thought I deserved my shot. Mm-hmm. Um, but then re-watching it this time, I really was struck by the resurrection symbolism. So the first scene of the movie is this mural of Jesus, and it's called, like, The Resurrection. It mm-hmm. says underneath his name, and that's the whole theme of the movie is mm-hmm. that he's finally getting a chance to like rebrand himself and become the person that he's always wished he would be and so like that that scene really struck me again this time where I was like man yeah that is like the quintessential theme shot of the whole franchise which is really cool I thought that was really cool Mm -hmm. but yeah no I I actually went back on my Tumblr and I found my like original like Tumblr fangirl responses and that was one of the things is, is like, at a certain point I said, I think the reason I became so obsessed with this film is because it's not really about boxing, but about feeling like you're past your prime with no hope of finding your true purpose. Um, both Rocky and Adrian are watching their youth slip away from them and realizing they haven't really done anything with their lives. Um, they're on the cusp of middle age with nothing to show for it. And I may not be in the same situation, but I can absolutely relate to that struggle to prove yourself in the deep, depressing realization that this may might be it, right? Like, maybe you're not destined to be the champion. Maybe you're not destined to, like, do everything you wanted to do. And, like, that feeling really sucks. And mm-hmm. at that point, when I discovered this movie, I felt that. And so I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, like, I get it. I get it. Right. So. Okay, so... 
How about, let's just talk about Rocky in general. Yeah. What do you think about Rocky? I have very mixed feelings on Rocky. Yeah. So, in the first two movies, I found him incredibly charming. A fun, lovable oaf. Got to root for him the whole Mm -hmm. time. However, I do also, and this may be a thousand blows to the head... He is incredibly hot-headed and easily goaded and impulsive. And I don't... He's a terrible father. Um, Yeah, poor Robert gets uh, zero love in this For somebody who all he wants to do is have a family and have, like, all these found children. He shits on the one that he gets. It pissed me off to no extent into that he was like, I refuse to see my son until my wife wakes up. Mm -hmm. I was like, buddy... You gotta do something. And then he calls him the kid mm-hmm. the rest of the franchise. Yeah. Never calls him Robert. Mm-hmm. It's fine. So I liked him at first. And then I just, there were certain points where I'd be like, okay, my boy's back. Mm-hmm. Like when he started getting into like the um, like suit and tie, real stuffy territory, mm-hmm. I was like, ugh. But when he came back in what is like, well, five is but he he becomes more himself so in, where he like dresses like himself talks mm-hmm. like himself he sounds like he is not trying so hard to enunciate in the other like in the mm-hmm. first two movies he's just being himself in 3 and 4 it's kind of just like um so i have mixed feelings see I'm okay happy. and so i have like numerous points this is like a lot of my discussion um but i i like that he is such like a soft boy Mm-hmm. I love his softness, right? So he's a leg breaker for a loan shark, but he won't break anybody's legs, right? Like yes, he, in the, I do enjoy that a lot. In the first mm-hmm. movie, he's like, well, if I break his thumbs, he can't work and he can't pay you back. So, like, I didn't break his thumbs, mm-hmm. which is really cute. And I really like his inner um, his interlude with Lil Marie when he's like, if you hang out with coconuts, you turn into a coconut. Okay, I like that until he's like, you ever heard of the word whore before? You're gonna be a whore. I was like, D- okay, dial it back. Yeah. So, like, he always goes one step too far. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do, I like that he takes time to take care of people in the neighborhood. He gives an autograph in the hospital, like, from, at the nurse, and he's still, like, covered in gauze and, like, a full body cast. And that she's fucking like, nurse, that pissed me off. Right, and she's like, sign this for my kid, and he's like, oh, it's my first autograph. And she's like, yeah, 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 his name is, like, Charlie, and he's like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah, and he's, he, he's a family man, but you're right, that he's, like, very neglectful of his own son, and he spends, like, way, he gives way too many chances to Polly, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but he just, like, Gets so excited when he's around people. He likes giving gifts, right? He's like a big puppy, right? And I really like that about him. Mm-hmm. And also his animals. He loves animals so much, and that's so cute. He loves animals, but it took him six movies to get a bigger tank for his turtles. I know. So does he really love his animals, I Sarah? Um, he bought a huge townhouse, and then still, that bowl I moved. I know. Put him um, in the bathtub. Yeah. I was mad at him for that, so it's fine. You're funny. If, if... We just, like, kept things to, like, w- one or two movies. Mm-hmm. I think he's a stand-up guy. I think they just lost him along the way. And so in my head, it's just the story of he just got punched in the head way too many times. Yeah. So. I mean, that is literally one of the plots of the movies. Yeah. So Exactly. Yeah. Um, I do like that he's a fighter, right? Um, and I like that, like you said, you, you notice that he's kind of, like, easy to anger. And I don't see that in his... Like, day-to-day. Like, I feel like Apollo Creed is much more, like, hot-headed mm-hmm. than Rocky is. 
Um, but I do like in a couple of the fights, like when he fights Clubber Lang, and I think when he fights, um, maybe it's even Ivan Drago, like he gets angry halfway through the fight mm-hmm. and that like gives him power. And that's like such a cliche too, mm-hmm. where like, oh, he's, he's not getting beat, he's getting mad and blah, blah, blah. But mm-hmm. I, but I like that kind of thing. But he doesn't like to fight for no reason, um, because he, he like pulls back from a few fights. He doesn't really want, he has to be like convinced to fight um, Drago. Like, first Creed wants to fight him, and then he goes into it. And, like, Clubber Lang, he wanted to do it in the beginning, right, because mm-hmm. of Mickey, but then he doesn't really want to go back. He has to be goaded into a fight. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really like that the a lot of the fights, he doesn't even care if he wins or loses. He just, like, wants to do the fight. And a lot of them, he leaves the ring before he hears the decision or, like, He's like, I don't really know if I want or not, but, like, where's my wife? I really want to see my wife, and I think that's just really cute. So, like, he really just is all about, like, going the distance and giving it all he has, and, and I like I, that. Yeah. I do like – there was a lot of those moments that I just really appreciated about him. One of my favorite things in 2 is when uh, he and Apollo go to the hospital, and he it's, like, keeping him up at night, and so he wheels down, and he's like, you gave me everything, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this wasn't just you handing it to me. And, yeah. And – Oh, and, and at the end of Apollo 2, when they announced that Rocky won, he throws Apollo's hand up. And he's mm-hmm. like, nope, we did this together. Yeah. Like, those are the things that I really liked about him. I do like that. He doesn't hold a lot of grudges. Mm-hmm. Like, he he's actually more disappointed when people, like, upset him or let him down than mad, right? Yeah. Like, he cared for Tommy so much, and I hated Five so much, but he cared for Tommy so much that he was, like, legitimately surprised that mm-hmm. Tommy betrayed him and I'm like Tommy's a piece of shit like you should have known this and your family knew this and they kept telling you this why don't you listen to them but yeah he just like gets so downtrodden when things don't turn out the way that mm-hmm. they do or he's like too nice and I think maybe that's where I resonate with Rocky yeah his like, perpetual optimism is really infectious I think yeah. it was what in like three when he finally finds his groove and like he's comfortable being in the spotlight and he's just always like cheesing and whatever and they're at that charity flight and everyone's like you shouldn't do this this man has like two feet on you Mm -hmm. and he's like oh you know calm down for charity it's yeah and he's like letting women kiss his cheek and he's like posing for pictures and signing autographs three is the is the one where i like do so many eye rolls i'm like rocky this is not what you should be doing you should not be doing this and everyone in the movie is like what are you doing well that was the interesting like arc that i thought that he went on because he went from like being broke and then he has that like pretty woman spending montage I which love i love that pretty woman spending montage. but that's exactly what people do when they mm-hmm. go from i have nothing to i'm gonna buy everything what you like it i'm gonna get it for you yeah and then in three he's still in that like haze where Mm -hmm. everything still seems so shiny and he has all this money and all of these things and so I like that it took him on a very natural progression Yeah. because the other thing that I really appreciate about the franchise with the exception of uh, 5 and 6 because they were filmed so far apart the films pick up as like the last scene is the first scene in the next movie where everything moves at a very fast pace. I love that. Yeah, yeah. I love that like they show the last 5 minutes or so of the yep. last fight and and that was really surprising when you went from 1 to 2 cuz yeah, they finished the fight. You're like, whoa, I just watched this. And they're like, yeah, I just watched this and then like they're in a ambulance. And so like the title credits are like them in an ambulance going to the hospital. I love that. It's perfect. And I always thought that was really funny going from 1 to 2 cuz you 
Because it's clear that, like, they didn't think they'd ever get a franchise out of one. Mm -hmm. Because he... Apollo Creed, like, mumbles to him, like, there ain't gonna be no rematch, there ain't gonna be no rematch. And then as soon as number two starts, he's, like, jumping out of his wheelchair, uh, wheelchair <laughs> and he's like, I want a rematch! Immediately, and I'm like, okay, five minutes ago, you said no rematch, but I get it, there's a franchise on the It was the a line. long ambulance ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, so the biggest thing that I love about Rocky is, and we've talked about it before, is his himbo status. All Rocky right, let's talk is about the himbo. such a himbo. And again, himbo is male bimbo, and he is such a himbo. I just love it. And especially, like, you can see it in two, I think, is the biggest himbo movie, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they're getting married, and his uh, loan shark friend, Tony Garza, is like, Hey, Rock, now you have all this money. You want to, like, invest in condominiums? Like, they're safe. They're, and he's like, condominiums? I never use them. And <laughs> I just, like, there's just such a, oh, my God, you sweet, stupid boy. What are you doing? Like, you're so dumb. And he does another one. He's like, I think somebody says they're from Jamaica or whatever. And he's like, Jamaica? European? And it's like, Rocky, oh, you're did. just so fucking dumb. And he's always saying, like... <laughs> He's like, I'm not dumb. I'm not dumb. I got, like, a relaxed brain, but I ain't punchy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, in two, it's so painful to watch him, like, learning how to read, right? Oh, I know. And the commercials. The commercials. Like, if you have that secondhand cringe problem that a lot of people have, Rocky Two is painful because you're watching him, like, in this cage dressed as Tarzan, and he can't figure out how to read the cologne lines, and this asshole director is just screaming at him. And I just, I just love him so much. He's so dumb and so pretty, and it's just great. And I even love, so, like, there's so many. I just have so many things written here. Like, um, he goes in for an office job, and the first thing they ask him is, like, do you have a criminal record? And he's like, nothing worth bragging about. And oh, like, yeah. You're so stupid. Why are you so dumb? No, I just love that, like, it shows that that's, he grew up, like, probably surrounded by adults. These are how mm-hmm. all of these Philadelphia doc men were talking to each other and he just picked it up and he's like, this is how you string sentences together to make conversation. Yeah. One thing that I really love that's also kind of um, a lot of callbacks in the movie, but he's really superstitious. Mm -hmm. And I love that because obviously I'm really superstitious, but the things that he picks up on, like I love in two when they go to their new house and he's like, these digits almost equal nine. That's a good omen. (laughs) I know, I love that. Or, like, um, his second fight, because his, yeah, his second fight, he goes to Father Carmine, and he's like, Father Carmine, will you, like, give me a blessing? And this little Italian priest is like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm in your pottery, blah, blah, blah. He's like, oh, thank you, Father Carmine. I'm so late. I gotta go. I know, but I needed this. Like, thank you. And then he goes back with Tommy, and Tommy's like, why are we here at this little Italian priest's house? And he's like, no, we need to get a benediction. It's fine. We'll be fine. This is just what we do before a fight. Yeah. And then when he's out in, like, the alley with Mick, and he's like, you got to catch this chicken or chase the chicken. Get quick on your feet. And he's like, what are you wearing? It's falling off of you. And he's like, whoa, it's my lucky Yeah, it's my lucky sweatsuit. His Italian stallion, like, melting off his body suit. Which I was telling Kelly I may have my own version of that. I can't wait to see it. Because I definitely wore it for Halloween one time. Um, Yeah, and I just love, like... He really glows up, right? He does. He's never looked better than in Rocky Three. I know Rocky Three is 
like the best himbo yeah. rocky look. I that's where like most of my himbo fodder comes from because like he glows up. He wears so many fucking crop tanks. Those tanks. Oh my Sarah, god. They make the franchise alone. Cut directly under the nipples. Mm. Uh huh. <laughs> I just love them so much. And I wrote, like, why don't we still wear high-cut short shorts? I wrote that, too. I went, I think I went on Amazon after this, and I was like, high-cut short shorts for women. I need them immediately. immediately. And I Let's couldn't get these find, buns out. But there's so many, like, gratuitous thigh shots. And, yeah, slow motion running Slow motion running beach. on the beach. And, and embracing as friends at our victory of jump. challenging our bodies. Literally, I sent you that snap of them jumping in the water. And I think you were watching one at that point, And I was like, I'm on four, or I'm on three. And there's jumping and water glistening and crop tops. And I just, this is one of the reasons I love this franchise I'm so much. I'm on board. I loved it also. Yeah, I just love it so much. It's just guys being dudes. Yeah. Rocky's athleisure style is on point. Like, from three onward, he has, like, all has of the best brands, yeah. giving him, like, turtleneck collared athleisure sweatshirts, <laughs> and I am just so here for this. And he can wear a sadness beard when he goes to Russia and he's training in Russia. His cold <sighs> sadness beard is very good. Like, he just... And he also, is that greasy, fast Italian tank, as Mick would say, and I just love it so much. Can I just say, you, not unlike Rocky, can really pull off a tiger shirt. Yeah. I So I also wrote that, too. I wrote, uh, he glows up, but also I love his dumb dog collar Oh, yeah. Wrist. How does that say about class? Yeah, how's that for class? And then his tiger satin jacket that he buys, because now I have a tiger jacket. Or not a jacket, because I couldn't. I can't afford a satin jacket with a tiger on it at this point in my life, but I will wear a long sleeve tee with a tiger on it. And so, yes, I will be posting the picture of me in my tiger shirt, a la Rocky. So, yes. So I just, Rocky is just so beautiful and so dumb, and I appreciate that about him so much. So tell me, did your feelings for him change or waver at all throughout the course of the franchise because i i assume that when you went through this like binge watching of one mm-hmm. then you had to get your hands on the rest of the story mm-hmm. and then you went through like peaks and valleys of emotions yeah. and so when you came out on the other side how did you actually feel about him because that was the same thing for me i was exposed to him all within the course of a week mm-hmm. and at the end i was like keep it really because i still love him a lot obviously and um <laughs> Actually, one of my other points about Rocky is, like, retired Rocky, like, Rocky and Rocky Balboa, is such a dad. And except to his own kid. I know, except to his own kid. I know. Poor Robert. I know. But he just, like, wants to wander around his restaurant and tell stories and, like, make a decent living and take care of the neighborhood. Like, he literally can't stop himself from helping. Like, oh, is your light burnout? Are you hungry? Like, do you need a job? Oh, look at this really ugly dog. I'll, like, I like ugly dogs. I will take this dog. And he reminds me of my dad. And I wrote, like, the big eyes emoji on my thing. I was like, oh, no. And so I did have that realization this second, like, pay uh-huh. attention rewatch where I was like, oh, shit. Like, is Rocky my dad? Yeah. That's weird. That's a weird thing to be thinking. But, yeah, I think Rocky Balboa Rocky and, like, the Creed Rockies, Creed 1 and Creed 2 Rockies are my dad. Mm-hmm. And maybe that is why I have still such, like, strong connections to Rocky even though he does like he's grown up and he's a different person than he was in Rocky Mm 1 
But yeah, I just, he reminds me of my dad, and so I still like him a lot. And also just, another thing I wanted to add is that I stole all of Rocky's puns. Like, people don't realize that, um... No, there was a few times that things would come up, and I'd be like, yeah, I've heard this before. Yeah, the cows wear bells. Why do cows wear bells? Because their horns don't work. I use that one all the time. Yeah. That's my number one joke, and I took it from Rocky, so that's fine. (laughs) Okay. What else do you want to... Do you want to talk about... Do you want to talk about Rocky and Adrian, or do you want to talk about side characters? you want to talk about that cool, cool soundtrack? Next on my list is Rocky and Adrian, which feels pretty uh, organic since we yeah. just talked about Rocky. Let's talk about Adrian Balboa. How about like, you talk about Adrian Balboa? You don't like Adrian Balboa? It's oh. fine. We'll talk about oh it. My you God. you okay. share your feelings about Adrian. I feel like I was so on board for <laughs> Fast and the Furious. You, and I was. I was very open, but like... When I was condensing all of my notes, I have more questions than I have answers. Okay. And so maybe, like, at the end, I'm just going to, if you open the floor up That's for questions, fine. I have a lot of questions. Okay, I'm ready for this. Okay. So I will agree that I think Adrian really suffers from being in the franchise too long. And, and you can tell, like you said earlier, you can tell the movies that had, like, the heart. And then when it just became about, like, the franchise. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I just really love in one... I love that they're both, like, very shy. They're both, like, seen as losers, and they've internalized this, like, loser mentality. Mm-hmm. And and I do really like, like, Rocky goes to the arena before their first fight, and he tells Jurgens the poster's wrong, and Jurgens is like, it doesn't really matter, right? Like... Can I interject? I read earlier today that that actually happened. Like, I know. The set crew fucked up, and then he they were like, well, I guess we'll just have to write a line into the movie. <laughs> That's also why Rocky's robe is so fucking huge in the first movie, because they ordered a robe, and it came, and it was, like, four sizes too big, and they were like, oh, well, it just adds to, like, the fact that nobody gives a shit about Rocky at all. Isn't that, like, the weird idiosyncrasies that all of these things had to fuck up to make it mm-hmm. the perfect movie that it is? There was also only about 30 people in the crowd. Yeah. Like, there's nobody in the stadium, and you can see that on the film. Like, nobody gives a shit about this. Yeah, I just... That's so, like, cool. that, I think, is so indicative of their characters, right? Like, mm-hmm. everyone else just doesn't care about them, and they're so insecure, and they're so lonely, and they both... Ex, like experience it in different ways like Rocky is so desperate to talk to anybody all the mm-hmm. time whereas Adrian literally doesn't talk for the first half hour of the movie right like you never hear her speak and so I really like that they compliment her each other well like Rocky explains it as like I got gaps and she's got gaps and we fill each other's gaps and I think mm-hmm. that's cool um and she's a cripplingly shy but she grows up like she grows into herself with Rocky's support and he's never really had anyone pay attention to him because, again, he's, like, the puppy that bothers everybody. And everyone's like, go away, go away, go away. And she's like, well, I'll listen to you. Come over here. And and I like that quote that she has where, like, you weren't born a brain, so you better start using your body. And I wasn't born with a body, so I developed my brain. And I do – I really like that compliment. Mm-hmm. And I love how obsessed they are with each other. Yes, like, I do. they like are – just obsessed but I do agree that like after three I think she kind of just like tanks as a character like she stops I think before three really I think her coma just kept her in a coma for the rest of the series that was awful so like I don't have a problem with Adrian Mm -hmm. Adrian in one is a very great person and I fell in love with her immediately but yeah after the coma 
Yeah. Even in the coma. I was pissed at her in the coma. You can I just know. survive without machines. You're taking a nap. Mm-hmm. I was done with yeah. two at that point. But, um, no, the gap thing that you were talking about, that's kind of how I feel that their relationship doesn't work because it frustrated me to no end that every time Rocky and Adrian had a conversation with each other, they were just screaming. And, like, I don't want to make adrian this like character that has to be soft and should be soft Mm -hmm. because she's shy but she talks to rocky the way that she talks to polly which is kind of like off the handle at a deafening decibel and then he's just kind of like oh you're right which is honestly just the way he would respond in any tone of voice Mm -hmm. so like i wish that they had played that angle of like he's hard she's soft more not to weaken her but she could have like done a lot more things and been a strong supportive person without just screaming see and i feel like that was just a given like a between the lines kind of a thing because like you see their physical relationship progress so much more like she he runs to her house every day and like she cooks the meat and like He'll be very reclusive, and then she'll be like, oh, okay, and she kind of pouts, and then he, like, goes to comfort her, and then she moves into his apartment, and you can see that, like, she's changed the wallpaper, and, like, she's taken all the knives out of the walls. Yes, absolutely. I'm on board with all of that. But I feel like your perception of their relationship is stuck in movie one and not moving beyond that. Because, yes... All of those things, I love mm-hmm. all of the changes that she puts in him because I even wrote that down in my notes. Like, you can tell the day she moves in. And yeah. she, like, puts up framed pictures of them and, like you said, removes the knives off of the wall, which is the other thing. I I don't find Rocky as an intimidating or, uh, uh, what's the word, like, a s- aggressive person. But I also would have been, like, I'm in this apartment where there are dirty mattresses up against the wall with knives in them. I would like to leave. And he's like, I don't understand why you go in so fast. I'd be like, I can think of a dozen reasons. And I trust you. So. Yeah. No, that first date is so insane. Like, he takes her ice skating, even though Stallone can't ice skate. Like, he's the one who wrote the scene. And he's like, I don't know why I wrote this, because I can't fucking ice skate. And neither can she, because she's, like, falling all over the place. And, like, I do like his, let me smooth this guy over. Like, oh, he's trying to impress her. Like, oh. But even then, he, like, haggles for the price. Like, oh, here, yeah, yeah. give me ten bucks, and I'll let you skate. He's like, how about eight bucks? And I'm like, you cheapskate. Like, Pay 10 bucks to take this girl on a date. What an idiot. And then, yeah, I do like that he, like, invites her up but doesn't push her, but makes it very clear that, like, he wants her to come up. But then his bachelor pad is a nightmare. But that's, like, a typical guy. It's like, I'm so proud of everything that I have here. And it's like, there are knives in the wall. It's like, I've been practicing my throwing. Yeah, like, what? This is my actually my hat rack, so... And also, you sold me these turtles. I I do love (laughs) that. I think every time I rewatch it, it cracks me up that he's like, when he asks you to come in and see his turtles, and he actually shows you turtles, like, look. And she's like, I know, I sold you these turtles. (laughs) Literally, every time you come visit me at work, you talk about these turtles that I sold you. So I know that you have turtles. And he's like, well, I'm just... Look at my turtles. And he's like, I know. <laughs> and then, yeah, like, and she's like, I don't belong here. But for her, the I don't belong here is less of a, like, 
this is creepy and I want to get out of here and more of a like, you're just teasing me, like, you clearly aren't you interested in me. You brought me here to me. be mean to me because that's what... My brother's an asshole yeah. and, like, you're my brother's friend and so you're clearly, like, being weird. Speaking of, before that whole date, it's Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Polly just rips a turkey that's been roasting for <sighs> eight hours at, like, 425 with his bare hands yeah. in the oven. Yeah. I was just, like... That whole thing. When I watched it the first time, I was, like, clawing my face. I was like, what are you doing? I hate Polly so much. I wasn't even going to discuss Polly because he's the worst. He is the worst. But, we don't have to bring up anything else But about he's him. the worst. And, like, but that scene, I know that, like, everything in the apartment that comes up before that is, like, crazy. And especially, like... When she's like, I want to call my brother. And he's like, I don't really have a phone. But he opens the window yo. and he's like, yo, Polly, your sister's with me. I'll call you back later. See ya. And it's- that was a good callback when he gets out of the hospital in two. They're like trying to make a deal like, hey, we'll make you so much money. And they're like, how do we reach you? What's your phone number? And he's like, I'll call you. I'll go, hey, yo. Yeah, That's I love very good. I just love that so much. Yeah. And so, yeah, I just... I just love and that scene up in the in the kiss and even though in the first couple of movies Stallone is a bad kisser. I will admit that. He's really bad. Yeah. He just like smushes his face. Well also on her I mean face. like Yeah, no, he did. He's yeah. just bad. He's a bad kisser, but I do like the lead up. Like I like that like don't tease me, I'm not teasing you, yeah. like whole thing i really like that and like the song in the background i just love it but so also much. it works perfect for both of them because if you see a perfect kiss when that was likely adrian's first mm-hmm. kiss and then rocky i mean i don't think he's unexperienced i, th- but I, I think don't they think mention he's... that he's like been with a couple prostitutes or something yeah. like Polly set up something for him once but he's not like had a relationship. Yeah, so you're seeing a very normal two people don't yeah. know how to interact mm-hmm. with each other, which I also think is really nice because then also they don't know what to do in the doorway and they just collapse to the floor. <laughs> that was really cute. Yeah, I just like that so much. But I do, I I agree with you that I think Adrian really gets kind of like shoved into the shadows. In the... I wish they would have utilized her more. Yeah. I think she would have been a really really strong character. But also I think that's just the role that women were in movies mm-hmm. at the time that that wasn't a thing to like raise them up on a pedestal. And she's the only woman in the franchise. Mm-hmm. Like there are other wives, but they don't like play any sort of role. She's the only woman with lines mm-hmm. in the whole franchise. And so yeah, I she just suffers from a man writing a woman's role and being like, "Ah, oh, you're only there to like be the motivation." Cuz she really is. Yeah. Like he in so many of the movies, like he she he trains with her, he takes her everywhere with him, but like yeah, he I thought doesn't it was very surprising in three that he was gonna go train with Apollo mm-hmm. in California and then he's like, But I need Polly of all people. Yeah. And I could like I understand wanting your wife there, but still like I wanna go someplace where I have no distractions. Mm-hmm. Bring my two biggest distractions, leave the third at home. Yeah, well, because Mickey was all about like women weak and legs, but but yeah. then in the movie, they do the exact opposite of that, where, like, Adrian is, when Adrian says go, mm-hmm. then he finally gets serious. And, like, they're very supportive of each other, but also, like, she starts getting really, like, yeah, like, that stereotypical, like, it's too dangerous, don't do this, or, like, I really don't want you to. And then she decides, like, oh, okay, well, After you After her do coma. It. Yeah, and so, like... In that point, she kind of just becomes a plot device. And yes. so that's not 
That's not good. That was I, my biggest issue. Adrian as a character, I think, is wonderful. I just wish mm-hmm. she was utilized more. And I think the reason that I, I had, like you say, I'm kind of stuck in the one-two era of Adrian and Rocky is because those are the ones I watch the most. Yes. Like, I love one and two. And I kind of just, like, don't watch three, four, and five anymore. Um, but that's fine. So I just also feel a kinship with her because in all the montages she can't keep her eyes off of this like ripped himbo that she married and i'm like girl get it she thirsty and so am i and also he proposed to her at the zoo yes oh i can't believe i didn't bring that up i love their proposal i love that he like the first thing he does when he gets out of the hospital is like yeah oh i'll call you but like i gotta go because i gotta go take adrian to the zoo which is another callback because the asshole like driver for tony garza is like oh i heard you're dating the retard like i heard they like the zoo take her to the zoo and then he does because he's like Actually, I love the zoo, and I'm And I bet she zoo. would, too. Well, didn't he ask her in one, like, how do you feel about the zoo after they went ice skating? Yeah. And she was just kind of like, what the fuck? She's like, I, I like a zoo, or whatever. <laughs> and, oh, no, it's it's while they're at the zoo, actually. He's oh, like, yeah. I, I don't know. She's like, why are we here? You just got out of the hospital. And, and he's like, I don't know. I like the zoo. I like the zoo in winter. All the animals are kind of, like, frisky. And do you like the zoo? And she's like, I guess. And he's, <laughs> and he's like... Well, how how about what are you doing for the next forty or fifty years? She's like, what? And he's like, would you mind marrying me? And she's wearing earmuffs, and she's like, what? And he's like, do you want to marry me? And she's like, oh yes, of course I do. And he's like, oh hey there, Mr. Tiger, like are you free? You want to come to our wedding? And I just love that zoo proposal. If someone proposed to me in front of the tigers at at the Detroit Zoo, I would be into it. I will add that to the rest of the... <laughs> I have many, many proposal <laughs> ideas, but one of them is the zoo. But yeah, I just... I love Rock and Adrian specifically in the one. One and two. Yeah, I think in one and two, they're, they're really, really solid. I do wish... I know that she's like shy but man i really wish she would have started sticking up to him about all of the like insane purchases that he was making like Mm -hmm. she's like should we go up upstairs and he's like what's to know upstairs it's the same as downstairs we'll buy the house and i I would be like girl you need to demand to at least walk upstairs i know well and she tried so hard in the beginning where she he's like oh i like these bricks i like this like these are good steps and she's like well what about the mortgage what about the financing and he's like oh come on that's all just detail stuff and she's like "Mm, yeah it's not just detail stuff pretty sure we won't be able to afford this yes yeah he she needs her to be the the level head but also he doesn't really listen to his level head most of the time Yeah. yeah exactly yeah um do you have any other thoughts on rocky and adrian I do really like, so yeah, even though Adrian doesn't, like, stick up to Rocky, I do love when she finally goes off on Polly. Yeah, I do enjoy I that, do love too. That. Yeah, I loved it was, like, this, like, build-up moment. Um, that was one of the things I was kind of stewing over about Adrian's development in general, because she was, like, once you see one, you see why she's so cripplingly shy. She's had this mm-hmm. perverted, weird alcoholic older brother telling her she's not going to do anything for the last 30 years of her life while she cooks and cleans for him and so then yeah she's gonna have a really hard time talking to other people and then to see her like use everything that he has taught her about like emotional warfare just Mm -hmm. right back at him i was just like "Mm." she got him up against the ropes yeah 
I wrote, yes, get it, sis. But I do. I love her scream of like, what do I owe you? I don't owe you nothing. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not a loser. I loved that she literally yelled, I am not a loser. Because you know that she's been called a loser billions of times by him. Yeah. And then that was the the hard soft that I wanted them to like use with her more where she's very hard with Polly Mm because that's the only way Polly can be talked to is if somebody yells at him like he's a child. Mm Mm-hmm. And then I loved after she had that fight with Polly and then Rocky goes to check on her in the bedroom and she's like, could you use a roommate? Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, I would love a roommate. Like, cause then she, that's her being incredibly strong asking like, can I move in with you with, mm-hmm. without it being like a big deal? Like, yeah. That's her, that's a very big strength, a very big step to take. And she did it very like. Adrian, like I like that a lot. That's also one of my favorite Rockyisms when he goes absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> That's such it. a Rocky thing. Okay, let's see. I want to hear you talk about Apollo Creed because I know you have some very strong feelings about Apollo Creed. Okay, this also ties back to my like first impressions. I just didn't think that Apollo Creed was supposed to be hated in a non-evil way. Like, the man is, that's his whole platform, is patriotism and love and America Mm -hmm. and brotherhood and all these things. But even the patriotism thing is a ploy to, like, get people to like him. He's like, oh, yeah, you know what's super popular? Patriotism. So, like, what about if I get it down with one of his ancestors? And I'm like, what if I literally come into the arena dressed as George Washington? When I, I know that was fucking buck did, wild. Did it freak you out <laughs> yes, the first time? Because the first time I saw it, I laughed out loud and I was like, what? I'm pretty sure I did the same is thing. Is this a thing that is happening in like 1976? We've this man. Sarah, it was the bicentennial, yes. Oh my god, it was so silly. So, but still, he's just like, he is ego-stroking. Yes. He is not an evil person. He's not there to be like, oh, I want money, I want these things. Like, that comes with it, but like, even his, like, ringside coach, before he goes into a fight, he's just like, everybody loves you, Apollo. Yeah. Everyone's screaming Mm -hmm. for you, Apollo. It's just, that somehow makes him more sinister to me, and I think that's why I was so off-put by him. Well, and that's the thing. So, like, he is the most extra. Yes. All the time. He's selfish. He's egotistical. And, And so, like, in the first two movies... That is, he's the bad guy, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Because Rocky is, like, so humble and self-conscious, and so it is, like, a perfect foil for Rocky. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's also his, like, biggest fatal flaw, right? Because that's why he goes into the rematch with Rocky. That's why he goes into um, the match with Drago. Mm -hmm. And he's so, like, peacocking. Like, that fucking James Brown entrance. I totally forgot that they paid James Brown to sing Living in America with, like, a full Las Vegas showgirl. I have so many things to say about four. Oh, my God. It's so ridiculous. And so, yeah, like, and he has so many nicknames. Like, he's the King of Sting, the Master Disaster, the Dancing Destroyer. And I just, I I think the quintessential Apollo Creed quote is one where he's on the news and he's like, um, people always say they want to be me and he's like, don't be a boxer. Or, like, what do you have, what advice do you have for the kids? Like, don't be a boxer, be a doctor, be a lawyer, carry a leather, leather briefcase. Like, stay yeah. in school and use your brain. Oh and then he's just, like, so... He's so hammy. And he's, he's like, so full of himself. Like, yes. he thinks that he is so engaging and, like, interesting. 
but and I, it's just ridiculous. But I really like it has to be three. Yeah. Um, but even just the end of two, like the way that the end fighted or excuse me. The way that the fight ended in uh in two, it like really humanizes mm-hmm. Apollo because he is again, he's not like yelling for a rematch or he's not like he he like he kind of accepted his beating. Yeah. And then in three, all of a sudden he's like, Okay, yes, I have accepted. Two is me realizing that I'm past my prime and I need to like fight for it, right? Yeah, and I'm not the hot shit that I thought that I was. Yeah. Like I'm beatable. And so then what do I do moving forward? Mm-hmm. Oh, I can just keep training the best and still do that. And I think that him acknowledging that and moving on from that so fast was like very incredible character Mm -hmm. growth because like we said earlier the movies stream into each other so fast that Apollo has to like really come to terms with himself really quick to be involved in any of the rest of the franchise. Well, and I think that Rocky Three spans a couple of years of fights. And it does. Stuff. Like, you get to see the kid grow. Like, they yeah. kind of judge it by his age, oh, man. but the but, rest of the time is not. But still, Robert ages between four and five. Robert ages about five years yeah. in, like, three months. I know. I kept trying to calculate Rocky's age. So if, if he's, like, 30 and 1, then he's 31 and 2, but then where is he, like... Yeah, he's, like, 35 or 40 Because then by 4 or 5. Yeah, by yeah. 5, when he's still fighting, like, actual street fights, apparently, he's, like, He's got to be in his 40s. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, I yeah, I do. I love that he's become such a good friend to Rocky, and, like, that Their romance is, is beautiful. There is your hashtag guys being dudes, yes. right? When they platonically hug and cavort in the waves in the celebration of a job well done. Like, who doesn't do that with their best friend? Um, <laughs> and also, he is another, like, oh, just, like, eye candy man, right? Like, that sleeveless turtleneck crop sweatshirt. Seriously. My goodness. How do I get one? I don't know. But we need to bring... Give me the Apollo Creed some, beachwear. We need 80s fashion back, like, so great. I just love it so much. And, yeah, I'm glad you brought up Tony, his trainer, because Tony is such a good guy. I love he him so much. He's a real stand-up dude. He's such a good character, and he's so supportive and loving and fiery. Like, I think in a couple of the scenes in the in the matches, he jumps into the ring so forcefully that he, like, falls on his back, like, in the, in the scene. <laughs> and you're like, Tony, goddamn, like, calm Take a beat. down. <laughs> You're th- and he's like, they, for some reason, I don't know if this is a real boxing thing or not, but they always bring in these, like, sponges, and they're, like, whipping water in the guy's oh, face yeah, to calm yeah. him down. And he comes in, and he's, like, throwing sponges at people and falling all over the floor. And I'm like, Tony, like, fucking chill out. You are not in this fight. Like, I get that you're passionate, but you are going to get hurt, my man. Like, just chill out. Yeah, Tony's going to have to go to the hospital with them after. Yeah, so he, like, jumps in and lands on his ass like a friggin' loon. And he's still there, like, in Rocky Balboa. I love that, like, Rocky Balboa felt like the first film that really returned the spirit of Rocky one. And it was another one that yep. was, like, directed and written by Stallone. Mm-hmm. It was the only other one that was, like, Stallone controlled it. Yeah, I felt like it was actually a very good bookend to the mm-hmm. series, whereas if it had ended with five, it would have just fallen that's super why they, flat. That's why they made Balboa, because yeah. five was supposed to be the ending, and it sucked so bad that Stallone yeah. was like, um, we need to go back and do it right, because yeah, that sucked. Yeah. But, so, yeah, I love Apollo as a character. I think he's mm-hmm. a very good character. Mickey, I'm always, like... I'm very on the fence about Mickey. Yeah, because, like, you, everyone always loves the, like, crotchety old trainer guy, but I feel like that's all he brings to it. 
And so he's an important father figure for Rocky, but he's typical crotchy old man, mm-hmm. although he has, like, some of the best, like, lines, right? I think, like, his, like, you're going to eat lightning and you're going to crap thunder. Oh, yes. And, yes, like, yes. when he's trying to, he's like, you're a greasy, fast Italian tank. Go throw him. And then every time he yells, da body, da body, da body, I just, like, die. It cracks me up. And so I don't have a lot to say about Mickey except for that I love screaming the things that he screams all the time. He yeah, he does bring a lot of very good like screamable things, but man like like you said, he doesn't add any other depth. There are some like soft moments like when they have that weird was it like a flashback memory? Yeah, mm-hmm. Cuz wasn't that like a deleted scene that was supposed to be in 4, never made it, so they're like, "Oh, we'll I bring it so. back in 5." Mm-hmm. But it is so, it's trying so hard to be earnest. But when he does try and hit that, like, emotional thing, it doesn't really land. So I can Mm kind of see why they kept him as this Well, and the whole reason he came in, like, another one of the things I was going to talk about is the monologues, right? And the whole reason he comes into the franchise, or into, like, the story is because he's kind of like this opportunistic old fighter who wouldn't give Rocky the time of day until he gets this thing and Mickey's so obsessed with his own like history as a boxer that he like comes in and he's like oh you need a you need a trainer you're gonna get your like you're gonna get killed without me and Rocky has this very emotional reaction where he's like you can see him trying to like not blow up at Mickey because he's Mm -hmm. like he's an old man I'm not gonna get mad at him but like he's trying to like show him old clippings and talk about like look at this scar and and Rocky's like going to the bathroom and like yeah. checking his mail and all these like old parking tickets he's never paid and he's never going to pay. But and but then as soon as Mickey leaves he starts screaming about like what about my prime and like who cared about me yesterday? Nobody, like my legs don't work, my arms don't work, nothing works. And he's so, at first, yeah, Mickey looks so opportunistic, but then you see that he's just, like, this sad old man who's trying to relive his glory days. And so, like, that humanizes him a little bit. But, yeah, in one, he really doesn't seem like a well-meaning this is a, man. Okay. So this is one of my, like, kind of mini gripes that I was going to bring up later, but you saying it now. Everyone in this universe is so cruel, like, mm-hmm. outwardly cruel. When he goes and he's like, Mick, what do you think you could train me? What do you think you could train me? And they just, like, they kick him out of his locker. Like, everybody's a fucking bully. People chase him mm-hmm. through the streets to tell him he's a fucking loser rather than just let him walk by without any kind of accolades. Mm-hmm. Or they chase him down later and they're like, yeah, you're that fucking chicken that won't fight Apollo. And it's mm-hmm. like, I mean, this has to, this is the 70s version of what social media has to feel like now. Mm-hmm. But they have these bullies that would be in phones, like, bursting out into the streets being like, Hey, Stallone, you're a fucking loser. And he's yeah. Like, ah, sting. But that's exactly what Mick is. I was, like, unbel- I was blown away by how many bullies mm-hmm. were in the franchise in yeah. general. Well, and that, that one f- scene, or that one line where um, Rocky goes to talk about the locker, about how his locker got stolen. And then Mickey says, like, oh, have you ever thought of retiring? And he goes, no, why? And he says, maybe start thinking about it. Mm -hmm. That was an ad lib that, like, um, 
for Jess Meredith came up with when he was Whoa. auditioning. And so they were like, we'll put that in because, like, nothing makes you feel like <laughs> shit than that. So we'll just keep putting that in. See, that's the wild thing about the Rocky script is people come to audition for it and they ad lib and they're like, ooh, that's good. Write that down. And then, like, shit happens in the universe where it's like, oh, we we got the wrong size and they painted the wrong picture. Yeah. It's like, write it in. That's well, gold. That's, that's <laughs> how Carl Weathers got the job, too, as Apollo because he came in to read for Apollo Creed. And um, he was, like, a football player before this, and he's, like, a very charismatic guy. And so he comes in, and he reads with Sylvester Stallone, like, lines. And then at the end, he's like, you know, I could really do better with my audition if you had me read with the actual actor. And and they're like, that is the actual lead actor. And he's like, oh. And Stallone's like, please hire him. He's such an (laughs) asshole. Like, please. perfect for the role because he's such I a dick. I love that idea. Yeah, and so yeah, and so like he's like so much of Rocky 1, the reason it is so good is because of all these weird accidents that happened. Like they brought the wrong robe and they couldn't get anybody to come to the thing mm-hmm. and the the poster was wrong and so they just wrote it in. They're like, "Oh, the poster's wrong." It's like, "It doesn't really matter." And it's like, "Man, what a metaphor for this fucking whole <laughs> yeah, movie. None of it matters. None of it matters. Everything's made up. Everyone thinks this movie's going to flop anyway. Like, we're just making it for, I don't know, posterity's sake or whatever. And then it's like, oh, wait, actually, everything in this movie is great. We love it all. <laughs> oh, wait. So. It's, yes. Yeah. And then, yeah, like you're saying, um, Mickey does have some good monologues. Like, that one, that one part that you're talking about, the flashback, where he's talking about, like, nature's smarter than people think. We lose until we don't have a reason to live, but you're my reason. And then he says that, like, I'll be your angel on your shoulder. Mm -hmm. And then he whispers, like, get up, you son of a bitch, because Mickey loves you. And then they use that a couple more times Mm -hmm. where he he comes back and he gets this little, like, punch glove, like, boxing glove pendant or whatever. But Mickey really doesn't do much for me. When he died in... No, I mean, Apollo was way more of a yeah. coach than Mick ever was. Yeah. So, yeah. I do. Um, so another couple side characters that I love. I love three because of all the side characters. Like, I love Mr. T as Clubber Lang. It's very good. And I love Hulk Hogan as Thunderlips so much. Because, like, I also just, like, I'm such a old school wrestling fan, too. Yeah. That, like, I love when he comes out and he's got his stupid, like, top hat and his cape. And he's like, to all my love slaves out there, the ultimate man the ult- is versus the ultimate meatball. I just loved that so much. No, I loved that whole bridge that they they finally took in three where they realized we can't sustain on boxing alone. Mm-hmm. And they so they started bringing in wrestling. And yeah. Yeah, it, it was a fun, like... Uh, tension to see how they worked in like this is how wrestling works right this is how boxing works right yeah. we're just gonna like I throw like spaghetti at the wall and yeah. see what sticks and Polly like literally hits him over the head with a chair and like yeah. it was just so cute and it was, just yeah. also you I always forget how small Stallone is because he wears lifts in the movie I know I didn't realize this he either. wears heels because he's only like four eight or something he's five seven five seven okay. He looks much I gave shorter. him a whole more foot. Damn, yeah, I Sarah. guess. I don't know. <laughs> I only gave him like five feet. Yeah, I thought he was close to five feet. He's um, close to six. But that's fine. Because I'm taller than Stallone, then. I'm like 5'9". I am Stallone's height. There you go. 
Maybe. He may have, like, his hair may have something. And you wear heels more. Well, he wears heels, too, so it doesn't matter. Um, But, yeah, no, he wears lifts, like, all throughout the franchise, too. You can only see it when he's wearing his boxing shoes, because they're flat as can be. But, yeah, when he's standing next to Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan is, like, two and a half feet taller than he is. That's crazy. I do love that. The, um, the, the... Composition between him and Hulk Hogan, and then him and the composition between him and Dolph Lundgren, mm-hmm. where he's just like this tiny, tiny man against this brute force I is love just a height so difference. good. Because you go through these movies seeing Rocky be like the champ, the heavyweight champ, and then you bring him in as a heavyweight contender against these big, beefy boys. Yeah. It was very good. Yeah. That was my favorite. No, I do. I love it so much. Um, okay. I don't even talk about Dolph Lundgren, because... Sarah, we can we, start a whole podcast will, about me talking about four. We will talk about four. We'll get into four. Um, well, how so, about we... Um, I need to take a break. Yes. Ding, ding. <laughs> that was good. I like that. <laughs> so, the only other character that I felt, like, worth mentioning was Robert because like you say Robert kind of gets the shaft in this franchise kind of a lot right and and especially for being Stallone's actual children the yeah. baby and Robert in five. in 5 yeah Sage Stallone plays yeah. Rocky in 5 and i think the only reason he didn't come back in Balboa was because I think he was dealing with some kind of, like, addiction problems or something. He died, didn't he? Yeah, he, I know he died, but I don't think he, had, he was dead by then. Because um, Stallone mentioned possibly having him play, but it just didn't yeah. work. But, yeah, he's, like, this weird, quickly aging cryptid. He ages, like, four years in a month. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> um, and he has, like, the typical shadow complex, right? And he kind of suffers the same fate as Adrian, where, like, He's used as, like, a trope rather than a character. He doesn't get as fleshed out as yeah. the male characters, like, the male adult characters do in this franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, he's, like, the typical, like, my dad's super famous and I'm jealous that my dad's famous. Like, I'm also proud because I love my dad and my dad loves me. But also, like, feels like shit to be constantly compared to my dad. And constantly. then, yeah, the only time you get to know him, really, is in five, and that's when they have to move back to Philadelphia, mm-hmm. and then Rocky puts him in that awkward spot of, like, hey, this is where I went to school, and I know it's super rough, but if you need to learn how to fight, this is the place to do it. Not from me, your old man, who lives in your house. This is the place for you. That's okay, bye. Still so wild to me that he, like, wouldn't teach his son how to fight. Like, Which could be a whole movie in itself. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why they just glossed over that yeah, whole... Yeah, that was really weird. Um, but I do like that they use Milo Ventimiglia as... Yeah, he's a um, very good Well, and he Rocky. has the same lip thing, exactly, which is such yeah. a weird thing. But I thought he was a good... Um, he was a good Ro- Robert, Rocky Jr., whatever. Mm-hmm. And so then that leads me into monologues, because my favorite, favorite, favorite monologue from the whole franchise okay. is when Rocky yells at Robert in the street in Rocky Balboa. It is the one that I have, like, watched the most times, and, like, it's, the like, one of the most popular monologues of the whole series, and I just love it, love it, love it so much. You're going to have to refresh me. Um, I've got it written completely down if you want me to just read it out loud. I don't know. It's kind of long. But I just love it because it was another one of the things that really – 
like hit home for me and it felt like Rocky was talking to me and at that point in my life like I needed to hear the things that he was saying and so I just love it so much so I will I'm gonna read it okay so he talks about he's talking to Rock or Robert who had just told him like I don't want you to do this this promotional fight because it will be embarrassing for me like and he's like it's not about you it's about me but whatever Mm -hmm. and so he says like you stop being you, you let people stick a finger in your face and tell you you're no good, and when things got hard, you started looking for something to blame, like a big shadow. Again, shadow complex. And he says, let me tell you something you already know. The wor- world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you into your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you know what you're worth, then go out and get what you're worth. But you got to be willing to take the hits and not go pointing fingers saying you ain't what you want to be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that and that ain't you. You're better than that. I'm always going to love you no matter what, no matter what happens. You're my son and you're my blood. You're the best thing in my life. But until you start believing in yourself, you ain't going to have a life. And I just love it so much. I that is very good. I love that whole montage. Rocky can yell some very inspiring things at his son. And then, like, yeah, I love his What About My Prime mix speech. And we talked about, like, Mickey's. I, I'm sorry. I don't want to derail you. But mm-hmm. I think that is, like, the powerful thing about a rocky monologue Mm -hmm. is that you see him as this goofy like what are you doing hanging out with a bunch of coconuts kind of people where Mm -hmm. he's always so even keeled and so if he gets upset upset you know it's for real and Mm -hmm. everyone will stop and listen yeah yeah well and it was the same with adrian like in three was like the last time adrian had any kind of like strong impression in this series right and her beach monologue i really liked that she finally yelled her feelings again mm-hmm. right because it wasn't we she yelled at her in rocky five too oh yeah i in wrote the street about- yeah 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 <laughs> she did she got angry mm-hmm. in the street but yeah what she's like we've got everything but the truth there's nothing wrong with being afraid it doesn't matter what i believe but if you're still carrying around your fear it doesn't matter, right? When the smoke clear, clears and people stop chanting your name, there's only going to be us, right? So you have to want to do this. Mm-hmm. You have to, like, do it. You have to really try to do it. And, you know, you have to do it for you. It can't be about Mickey. It can't be about me. It can't be about, like, Apollo. It has to be about you and if you actually want this. And so that was, like, the last good, strong monologue. Because, yeah, the other one... In five, where she's... Nobody had a good monologue in five. No, but nobody had a good time in five at all. Like, and which is such a shame because I do think the idea that they came back to the neighborhood could have been really compelling and cool. Yes. If it hadn't been for Tommy and, like, fucking Duke mm-hmm. Washington or Duke whatever his name is. I fucking hated his guts so much. So, callbacks. We already talked about one of the callbacks. Uh-huh. Um... The Taker to the Zoo. Yeah. Which I love so much. I like Taker right? to the Zoo. You want to come to the wedding, Mr. Tiger? We'll send you an invitation. <laughs> I just love that so much. But my big, my favorite call, callbacks are all the, like, recurring characters. So, like, they have the same commentator who's an actual boxing commentator, Stu Nah Nahan. 
And the referee, Lou Filippo, who, like, refs all of Rocky's fights in all the movies, which I thought was cool. Like, they're in it for the long haul. Like, anytime you need us, man, we're here for you. Mm -hmm. Um, I also really like, like, Tony Garza, the um, loan shark. I like him, too. And his Like, his his driver's an asshole, but him as a person, he really cares for Rocky and, like, shows up and he's like, here, here's $500. Like, I don't care. Like, I know you need the money, whatever. put it in your glove. Yeah, it's very cute. I like that And he always shows up with a bimbo to all the fights and he's, like, he's so cute. And I just love his, like, you don't think I hear things? You don't think I hear things? That's just such a Philly thing for him to say. I just love it so much. And I love that he is, like dunking on Rocky for not breaking that guy's thumbs when he's like, I should let you go. And it's like, you are, you're a big Rocky. Like, mm-hmm. you're a big softy talking to another big softy. Yeah. yeah you're yeah. not going to let him go. The nicest loan shark you've ever met. Yeah, exactly. Life. And that's why I love it when, because um, Polly, like, three of the movies, he's like, introduce me to Garza, introduce me to Garza. And Rocky's like, I don't think you're right for that job and he's like because Polly would break that guy's legs he would Rocky knows that and he's like I don't want to sick you on these poor guys who are like messed up with their gambling debts like I no, we're not doing this yeah and I just love yeah like you said I love that they start the movies with the end of the fight from the last movie Mm -hmm. um I also like like you said Rocky's superstitions I like that he prays before every fight like he's He's always, like, while all the other fighters are, like, doing their, like, pep talks, like, you're the champ, you're the best, women love you, boys love you, kids love you, men want to be you, all Mm -hmm. that, like, hype-up stuff that all the other boxers do. He just takes a moment by himself. Yeah, it feels very selfish, where Rocky just, like, no, I just want to be alone with my own thoughts, and I just want to, like, pray for a good fight, and, like, go out there and just do it. I just love it. And, yeah, that stupid baggy robe... Even became a trope, like, I think in 2, they come back and and he's like, look, Mick, don't you like this robe? Isn't this a cute robe? And he's like, yeah, it's nice, it's nice. He's like, I like it, I think it's cute. And it's like, yeah, because it's not five sizes too big this time. Well, even just the clothes in general, like, I've already talked about him reusing his Italian stallion mm-hmm. sweatwear. Or um, when he comes back in Rocky Balboa, he brings back his hat and his tiger jacket. And I love that you noticed the bouncy ball. Yeah. Because you mentioned that to me, that he brought back his bouncy ball. And and that was a thing that I think Stallone brought in because that was like a... It was like a... Like a stress... It was like a stress thing for him, but also I think that's something that some rock boxers actually do to like improve their hand-eye coordination is like Mm -hmm. they use that just like they do with like jump rope and the speed bag and everything yeah but yeah i loved that like nervous tick that he's like constantly bouncing this ball um and then yeah the turtles came back cuff and link i think they're that's really cute i do like that they came back in every movie and in six they finally took six movies but he got them a bigger tank Mm -hmm. it's fine and then yeah i really like um just the neighborhood in general, right? So in in five and six, they go back to the pet shop. They go back to Andy's bar, mixed gym, the meat plant, the docks and everything. And I just love all the bit characters, like the bartender at Andy's bar who's like, you want me to take my shot? There, I took a shot. And he does like a shot of tequila or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, Spider Rico, I love that Spider Rico comes back and he's like, yeah. eats 
dinner in the in the restaurant and he's like let me do the dishes please this is what i owe you and it's just so cute i just love it so much and i love the guys that stand outside and sing around the burn barrel yeah the singer guys and one of them is his brother frank stallone and so he comes back a couple of times um and yeah i just love and they even like stallone pointed that out in the commentary of two where he's like when Adrian asks, they're, like, walking home from their wedding, and he's carrying her all the way home. And they walk past the guys, and he's like, hey, sing us a love song. We just got married. And she's like, who are those guys? And he's like, oh, you know, they're, they're like, just singers. You know, they're, they just hang out in the neighborhood. And he tells them, like, you guys get better every year. And he said he put that in because he wanted to show that, like, not everyone gets out of the neighborhood. Like, some people are just stuck there. And right. they could go on to do stuff, but nothing really changes in the neighborhood. And he wants to. He wants to get out of there. Um, and so, yeah, I love the singers. I love that they're just there all the time. And I love that you pointed out Mustache Man as one of the bit characters. Because I think you sent me a snap of a picture of him. And you're like, why is this man's mustache so extra? He's so extra. And also he's doing, like, courtroom caricatures of yeah. people in the background of, like, four of the movies. He's so weird. Because, like, I don't know what his role is. I still, even after watching Yeah, does he even have a man? Again, is it just mustachioed man in the credits? He speaks. Like, he speaks. And he has some kind of, like, thing to do with the boxing matches. <laughs> but clearly not but enough for us no to know. But you have no idea what he's doing. He just, like, talks sometimes. Like, I think he announces a couple of the things where he's like, in this corner, Thunderlips. I think he's... that's the time he talks. He, like, introduces Thunderlips. Yeah, he's talked a couple of times, but when you're introduced to him, he is in Apollo's entourage. Mm-hmm. So he is, like, just somebody who follows him around to make, like, mini oil portraits of him at any beck and yeah, call. Yeah, I don't know. He's just such a this weird This was my, one of my questions to you. Like, what is the theory of mustachioed man to you in your head? What does he do the rest of the day? I don't or know. Or is he just, like, those weird cribs characters that you see hanging out? He probably is. He's just, like, an entourage guy. He just hangs out. But, like, back then the entourages were all, like, weird old men instead of, like... Other young up-and-coming Yeah, like homeless, unemployed (laughs) friends of yours (laughs) who live in your mansion with you. Like, yeah, I don't know what mustachio man is. Well, he definitely has some sort of wealth to keep that mustache so pristine. It's a great mustache. And then, yeah, I love Father Carmine comes back and little mm-hmm. Marie comes back. I thought that was cute. But I also thought in Balboa it was weird that they it almost felt like little Marie was supposed to be a romantic interest. I did not like that I at all. I didn't like that either. And then they even touched at it at one point where he's like, oh, I bet you're starting to think that I wanna. And she's like, ew. And he's like, no, I don't. And it's like, okay, you had to do that. So us, the audience, are the ones who are like, what are you trying but to do But then also here? she kisses him on the mouth. Which I thought was She's really just kissing her weird. dad on the lips. I mean, my dad has kissed me on the lips before, and... Here, and I, Sarah, your dad has kissed me on the lips before. Let's... She wasn't as drunk as my dad when he kissed either of us on the lips. True. So, she knew what she was doing. That's all I'm going to say about that. So, we'll move on. <laughs> um, so, some of the famous tropes... Mm-hmm. I thought it was like necessary that we even that we mentioned them, right? Like, because everyone knows about Rocky, the drinking the eggs thing, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of my favorite things about the drinking the eggs scene is the before that when he wakes up for his first day of training and he has the radio on, 
And you can hear on the radio where this guy is like, it's four o'clock in the morning. And if I'm up, everyone's up. And he just starts prank calling people like, hello, this is like the radio. And this woman's like, what the hell do you think you're doing? It's four o'clock in the morning. Are you insane? And he's like, hey, welcome to the show. And she's like, fuck you. And like hangs up (laughs) on him. And I just love that scene so much. But yeah, the eggs and the running up the steps. And I just love the running up the steps. It's so iconic. Mm-hmm. And, and the throwing your arms up at the top. Yeah, I just love it so much. I yeah. just love it. And the montages, I love a good montage. Like, all those songs get me so hype. Yes. I and love it so much. So, Four is the king of any sports yes. show of a montage. There's two back-to-back mm-hmm. separate song, full, two-and-a-half-minute-long songs mm-hmm. of men Working out in crop tops, working out in, like, rural Russia, working out in some sort of training lab. Science lab, lab. yeah. It is so perfect. The montages in 4 is, like, peak. That's true. They really came into their own with montages. And so, yeah, let's just talk about the soundtrack. Because, like, I've already said, go off Bill Conti. Yes, you have. He he is the composer of the Rocky Overture in the montage music. Like, Mm -hmm. he created them. Like, all of the instrumentals of Rocky are Bill Conti. And so, like, hats off to you, Bill Conti. You are the best. I love you so much. And there was a lot of times, especially while I was writing Rocky fan fiction, that I would be just listening to my own little Rocky soundtrack playlist. I bet you were. And it was the best thing of my life. But also, yeah, Journey owes everything to Rocky. Eye of the Tiger would not have been as successful if it weren't written directly about Rocky. Mm -hmm. Oh, hard agree. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah, I I also wrote, like, Frank Stallone. I love that he got Take You Back in every one of the movies and just remixed, like, five times. It's a cappella around a barrel full of fire, and then it's a full band, and then it's R&B in five, I think, which was the worst one. And then it even shows up, like, Rocky sings it to Adrian in their, like, palatial mansion at one point. Frank Stallone owes everything to his brother, Sly, and he will never be able to repay that back to him. But then, yeah, they also literally pulled James Brown to perform Living in America, and he did an amazing job. And I forgot, because I fucking love James Brown. Mm. And I love that song, Living in America. Yeah. And that was the most Apollo Creed entrance I've ever seen in my life. And, yeah, I loved that there were so many other people in the audience that were just kind of looking around in bewilderment. Like, I was like, what the fuck is ha- is that is he really george washington well right now? ivan drago's fucking face him because he's I was standing drago, yeah. yeah he's standing there like what the fuck just like stone-faced and then yeah apollo creed comes down in a bull head yes. with a top hat and he goes up to james brown and james brown does the thing where like kneels on the ground and someone puts a robe over him it's just like so extra and it's ridiculous but i love it's that perfect. i love it and then, yeah, I will agree, 4 has the best music. Like, Burning Heart is such a fucking bop. Also, Hearts on Fire gets me fucking hype. Sarah, this is the perfect opportunity for t- for me to tell you my theory on Rocky Four. Okay, explain to me Rocky Four because I feel like Rocky Four is going to be very high in your ranking. We will get to rankings next. You are correct. Rocky Four was written as a rock opera about boxing i would agree i I can get behind this give me more of your your like my main argument is the music 
Yes. Right? They have some fucking bangers, mm-hmm. as you just mentioned. And they don't cut them short. They no. let them play to their entire team. Oh, my team. God. Which one is it? I think it's Burning Heart. Yeah, yes. Burning Heart is the one where it is just a sadness like montage and they're just like yeah we're gonna play three and a half minutes of this song and you're gonna watch every goddamn second of it and you're gonna cry your eyes Uh out yeah and then even james brown's is living in america it's not just like an entire song it's not just a 45 second intro of hey this is where we're at it's it is the entire song there is choreography there is acrobatics People are coming down from the ceiling. There's fire. There's fireworks. There's women in, like, feather boas. It's a whole thing. Yeah. Rocky Four is a rock opera. I would agree. A rocky opera. Yeah. Well, and then Hearts on Fire is when they're in Russia. And like you're saying, it's, like, such a foil where, like, Dolph Lundgren is in this, like, science lab. And then Rocky is literally lifting up like wagons full of his friends and family no but that was so beautiful about it though because you have apollo creed who's training in a gym like some kind of schmuck (laughs) when you've got rocky out punching literal hanging carcasses of meat so chasing chickens and chasing chickens so where better than to send him to russia where he can you know lift wheelbarrows of his family i like that and literally climbed a mountain i love oh my god that mountain was like mount everest i know he was climbing for so long he was he would have easily needed a sherpa and eight tanks of oxygen and yet he just gets to the top he runs to the top sprints crawls like a mon- like a little like monster. like it was the philadelphia <laughs> art museum he's yeah. just there and then he's up there like oh! <laughs> it's so good the exaggeration is just right it is it's ridiculous i would agree that it is definitely a rock opera it is definitely the one where they like went the hardest they're like we're gonna hire all of the musicians there's going to be so much drama. We're getting a kickboxer to play a boxer. It's going to be great. But I do love in 4 that I wrote down, like, they really just paid Dolph Lundgren to just work out on camera and not talk for hours, huh? It like, was the perfect setup for him because he has, like, eight lines. He literally never talked. The only he line has, I he, will break you. That's the only line anyone If he dies, knows. he dies. That's two of his four lines. And then he fucking dies. That's that's how good, that's how powerful Dolph Lundgren was. Also, fun fact, since we've gotten into four, (laughs) I have a lot of fun facts. Okay. Brigitte Nielsen, who plays Drago's wife, was actually Stallone's wife at the (gasps) time. Scandalous. She's like his third ex-wife. Because his first wife. I know Sasha was in the first, second? Well, his first wife was like the set photographer in Rocky One. By Rocky Four, his third wife is Bridget Is Nielsen. somebody else's wife. <laughs> He's like the John Wayne of his time. Because John Wayne also had like six wives. Sarah, you have a type. Ooh. We might have to talk about John Wayne movies at some point. <laughs> Which would fun. lead us into some James Dean movies. Ooh, that would be fun. Let's go back to that. Okay. But yeah, no, Brigitte Nielsen, the blonde, like, mean one who does all the talking for Drago. Yes, because it's like, he doesn't know any English, and also yeah. he's a machine, so yes. I talk for him. She was Stallone's wife at the time. Wow. And then when she shows up in Creed 2, they are very divorced. Yeah. <laughs> 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 But yeah, no, I, yeah, I like that. Well, so, so one of the other callbacks or tropes that I think they blur a category mm-hmm. is just the horny for America theme that this whole franchise yeah, has. Yeah, especially, so like one and two with Apollo with his little like American flag booty shorts, mm-hmm. he's very 
patriotism, but it like ramps way up in four. four oh yes. Four. So like, let's talk about our rankings a little bit okay. because I want to hear your rankings because you made me do my rankings first. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I want to hear your rankings. Okay. You're and then I will give you my rankings. Okay. Because <clears throat> I'm pretty sure four is number one for you. I've had this paper sitting out in front of us the whole time. Yeah, so I know we'll you see. have. Okay, number one is definitely Rocky Four. Mm-hmm. I am not so bold as to say it's probably, if not the, it's definitely the best movie in the franchise. If not the best, one of the best movies ever made. Okay. It's art. I'm going to accept your opinion. <laughs> Even though it's different from mine, that's okay. Okay, number two is number one. Because, um, I don't know, it's it's so foundational. Mm-hmm. I am assuming one is one for you. Because oh, yeah. it is, it's, it is the keystone of everything that is this franchise. But I just had so much fucking fun watching four. I bet you did. And, yeah, I just love it. Okay, number three is actually Rocky Three. Mm-hmm. It's also, it's just, I actually debated with moving this with Rocky 1, just because, like, the fun elements of 3 and 4 wooed me in such a way that I kind of, like, lost the dramatics of it. They are extremely fun. They, I will yeah. agree. They, they're the ones, like, 1 and 2 are more drama. Right. 3 and 4 are, like, let's just have a blast. Let's, let's bring some fun people in and, like, let's get some crazy outfits and a, a fun soundtrack. A, let's throw in a robot. Like, why Sarah, not? Sarah, how have we not talked I, about... I have it written on my page. In, I have detailed notes on all of my okay, that's of choices. Let's talk about its own category because the robot is why number four is my number one. Okay. Okay. Really? Okay. That's it, fine. It definitely was a heavy pusher in okay. that direction. Okay. If, if it didn't tip the scales, it, like, broke them. Wow, okay. We have very different views about this franchise, but it's fine. It's okay. We're fine. Sarah, we fill the gaps. Yep, we're filling each other's gaps. That's for sure. (laughs) It's okay. It's fine. Number four is Rocky Two, Because I do like it, but this is where my love for Adrian broke. Mm -hmm. Because I, like, I don't know, the coma really upset me. Mm -hmm. The way she reacted after waking up and being like, now win! I almost just died, but life is too short. Go win! Yeah. So, I I don't know. I just had some issues with it, and it wasn't as fun as I had in 3. So those two have been shifting. For sure, yeah. Okay. Then Rocky 5 is Rocky Balboa. And six is of course five because there are Rocky five is Rocky before. Oh, I meant five. (laughs) Look at how many times Rocky is written on this sheet. (laughs) With Fast and the Furious, there were like at least differing verb titles. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. So Rocky Balboa is five. Yeah. Okay, and then Rocky Five is the worst one. Yes, we can I all agree. Because yes. then I also, I, I felt like I was having a fever dream because I watched four and five in the same day, which I do mm. not recommend because mm-hmm. you go from the greatest movie ever to the worst movie I ever. I did the same thing because I knew it was a bummer, and so I was like, I just want to get this over with. What I should have done was watched five and then as a palate cleanser watched four to get myself hyped again. <laughs> that would have been a Because I was on such a high from four that I was like, let's keep this train rolling, baby. Oh, no. No, it does not. It sinks directly into the ditch. Into the toilet. So yeah. then I was like, 
I need to look up the Rotten Tomatoes ranking immediately oh, for yeah. four and five. And four was at like 78 or something, and five was at like 29. I was like, good, in the toilet where it you belong. Lower. It should have been lower. Yeah, it was really bad. But I was like, I swear to God, if this after-school special surpasses four in Rotten Tomatoes, I'm just going to throw my TV into the street. <laughs> so I just felt validated at that time. Okay. Give me your rankings, please. So, you were right to say that Rocky 1 is number one for me, Mm because it's my original love of the franchise, it's the introduction, it's the most classic, also it's the most relatable, Mm -hmm. I think, for me. Or for most people, but for me, for sure. It's not a fight film, right? It's an allegory for, like, a fight for self-worth and, like, Mm self-love, which I really love. For me, surprisingly... Rocky Three is my number two. Ooh, interesting. Okay, good. Because I really like the dichotomy of Clubber as, like, the old Rocky, right? Because he's hungry. He's from the streets. Yes. Right? Versus this new, like, famous, successful Rocky who's gone a little soft. He's been spoon-fed a lot of fights. Plus, like you say, there's more fun. There's more cheese. It's like the 80s vomited on it, right? Mm -hmm. And I really love the California montage. Thank you, nurse, is what I wrote in my... (laughs) Hello, nurse. Like, classic Animaniacs. Like, it is. Three, everyone is at peak hotness. And I just really appreciate that about that film. Mm -hmm. Okay, Rocky Two is my third choice. Because I love that Rocky fails at everything else he tries. And I love seeing him and Adrian do everything they can to support their family. And he does finally win... But there's so much, like, domesticity, and the beginning is so goofy and silly. Like, his shopping spree, his pretty woman moment, that that first half of the movie is the part that I love. Like, mm-hmm. once the coma hits, it's kind of like when I watched the Titanic. I used to have it in two VHSs. Like, I didn't have a DVD of Titanic. I don't think I've ever had a DVD of Titanic. But we would watch, like, the first VHS, and then it would end right around the time when Rose slaps Cal in the face. And that's then exactly we'd be like, that's where the movie ends for us. We don't need to see we it. We already know the die. ship is sinking. I know it sinks. I don't need to see it. So, like, for me, yeah, Rocky too. I love the first half of it. And then, yeah, the coma is kind of where the ship sinks for me, and I'm like, I'm not into this anymore. Um, four is Rocky Balboa, because, yes, it's sad, but I am a slut for a callback. I just fucking love parallels and callbacks, and this yeah. one is so indulgent, right? Everything is a reference or an homage to the earlier movies, and this one was written and directed by Stallone again, and it's like a goodbye love letter. Also, Dixon, who is the um, boxer that he fights, okay, yeah. is an actual boxer, but he's such a better opponent than Tommy was. Tommy fucking sucked. And for Tommy being an actual, like, heavyweight boxer, why are you so bad, bro? And so is Dixon. Dixon was the heavyweight champion at this time, too. But he actually has heart. Like, his character has heart. And he also has, like, his own little Mickey, Tony mentor guy. Um, And he listens to his mentor. But Mm -hmm. this movie is, like, really Stallone's swan song, right? He couldn't leave it with the shitty five ending because it fucking sucked. Um, Rocky Four. I just wrote America. <laughs> it is such a America fest, but yeah. it's also like a, it's a fun dive into what they think the future is mm-hmm. gonna be like. Like in a couple of years, like everyone's gonna have their love robots that brings them breakfast yeah. in the morning, and I think that's why I like it so much is that it feels like this fun little romp about yeah. we're in the future. Look how fun it is. Well, so I wrote. 
Typical Cold War propaganda. Oh, Sarah. <laughs> and then I wrote, this is the one that everyone remembers, which is bullshit since it's the furthest away from the true heart of Rocky. <gasps> and then I wrote, talk about jumping the shark. What the fuck is this dumb robot? I love that you love the robot. I love the robot. I thought the robot was so silly. I wrote, I love That's it. That's why it's so good. Oh, what do you love about the robot? I need to know. <laughs> okay. I have some Tell questions. me your manifesto about the robot. I don't have manifestos. I have questions. Okay. Let okay. me hear your questions. Okay. The first note I wrote was birthday robot, all caps, with like six exclamation <laughs> points. Because Rocky loves giving gifts, but also he's the worst. That's the at- perfect <laughs> gift. He, now I know what to get for you for your birthday. No, he got the best gift for Polly because Polly doesn't want to wait on himself and no woman will put up with him. Yeah. Rocky hit it on the head. I do like that it, the robot started off without a feminine voice and then halfway through the movie. Because Polly changed yeah, it. It's like, hi, Polly. She always sounds breathless like she just ran up a flight of stairs. And Adrian's yes. like, Holly, how did this robot get this voice? He's like, forget about it. She's my girlfriend. It's fine. That's the best part, because then I also wrote, I honestly can't get into the plot because I'm too distracted thinking about Polly and his robot wife. His sex robot. What do they do together? Is there a port? Does she oh have God, a- <laughs> I don't want to think about it. Sarah, it was such a fun character to add, and then they never expounded mm-hmm. on it. In five, she didn't even, like, sit in a corner broken down, and Polly was like, remember when you gave me this piece of crap? Like, they had to sell it she, in the auction. Exactly. She had, Polly's wife got scrapped, and then miraculously, <laughs> Polly somehow turned into a healthy-looking, normal human being who does art in an abandoned meatpacking plant. I do love that about Balboa. Is, <laughs> and those paintings were actually... Painted by um, I read Bert that, Young. Yeah, I read that he's an artist, but I was like, did okay, I know I wasn't paying attention because I was so distracted by the love yes. robot, and but like, did they ever explain why he gets to just do art in the back of an abandoned meatpacking plant and get paid full time? Well, and then he got fired. He did get fired, but he got to make, he had a, quite a few easels back there. I know, right? I think he just did whatever the fuck he wanted to do. I think Polly just was that guy who, like, like, like I was telling you about my dad's friend who worked with him all that time and just would sleep in people's vans at lunchtime and, like, just did nothing. And I think there's just people like that at every job. Or, like, you know, they don't really do anything, but, like. But Polly was supposed no, to be, like, the supervisor. But nobody's going to, like, say shit about them. Like, who gives a shit? If we just let him do whatever he wants, he stops yelling at us for five minutes. So, like, maybe we just let him be. Just let him do his so, eye in the back. Yeah. Okay. So I was not as in love with Rocky IV. Wow. Amazing. I do love the fashion. There's some great athleisure in this in this one. Also, it's the most quoted, right? You already said, I must break you. And if he dies, he dies. Also, <laughs> Rocky telling little Robert Jr. that sometimes he begs for death when he's in the middle of the ring (laughs) is some of the funniest shit I've ever I do like that scene. I think it was in four, right? Where he um, goes into, I don't know, maybe it's in five before they move out of the mansion where, like, he goes into Robert's room and he's talking to him and he's like, Hey, what is this? And that's it's in five. A, and it's this giant boob lady, and he's like, oh, that's my French teacher. And he's like, oh, I'd like to see your English teacher. That's <laughs> in five. fucking dirt ball. I was like, ew, Robert. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so I don't like Rocky Four because, like, Adrian is super out of character. 
Um, right? She at, at one point yells, like, you can't win! And, like, that's not the Adrian. Yeah, I didn't know. agree with that either. Um, they but, just didn't hold true to her for a while. Yeah, but the soundtrack is the slap. Yes. And they really did just pay Dolph Lundgren to work out and not talk at all. So, and then Rocky Five is the is the furthest on my list. Yeah. It's my Tokyo Drift because it's such a bummer. But okay, so here's I would like to also say this because people have gotten mad at me about the Tokyo Drift thing. Mm-hmm. Tokyo Drift is a fine movie on its own. It is just okay. not in my universe. This is a bad movie that this is, is a bad meant movie. to exist in the universe. And I hate it a lot. Yeah. Yes. So five is bad. It's a bummer. George Washington Duke is a terrible person. He's a good character. Like he was. He was like he did what he was supposed to do. Yes, he served which his is purpose. Make you hate him, but I really hated that he brought his own microphone to a press conference. Like we just got off the plane and like I'm here to challenge you to a fight. I just really hated it. Um, I do like the dichotomy. I think it could have been done better. Right, their return to Philly because I think that was a compelling. That was a good move story, but then they didn't do. The, it justice that it needed to do. And also I wrote, so many mullets, right? Because that was there the height of mullet time. Um, and I said, yeah, Tommy is Rocky with no heart. Poor Robert got replaced. It was boring. It was upsetting. I couldn't pay attention. Um, yeah. There was no real fight. The street yeah. fight was not really a fight. So, yeah, my question about the street fight is everyone's talking about how challenging Rocky in the street is, like, some big thing because he comes from the streets. Mm -hmm. But that just means he was poor because if you look at Rocky being brought up in the streets, he couldn't even break a man's thumbs when that was his job. So I don't understand where this street fighter angle came from at all. Like, he has never learned a scrap. I don't think he's ever tried to scrap anybody outside of that pet Mm -hmm. shop. Like, I know. It was not believable to me at all. But I did appreciate that it was a twist ending, that it wasn't, like, in a ring. Mm -hmm. I did like that it was some sort of different scene. He he was using his powers for something else. Mm -hmm. The rest of it, they fell flat on. Yeah, it was just not good. Um, Okay. So also, speaking of to the horny in America, like, one of the very last words in Rocky V is, God damn, only in America. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, so silly there's that for you um okay let's see uh what are some of your gripes and questions and comments because i have more fun facts after this okay um which actually we got to well except for one of my fun facts is that did you know they filmed the match for the dixon fight in rocky balboa after an actual boxing match in las vegas i did not know this and when everyone's screaming like Rocky, Rocky, at the end, and he, like, lifts his hand up. Mm-hmm. That was actually fans in Las Vegas, like, who knew that they were filming Rocky and just started chanting Rocky, and he was, like, moved to tears, and I just, I also was moved to tears. I just love okay, that's very Rocky sweet. so much. Okay, what are some of your questions? Because I have some gripes and comments, and then I'm going to end it with a small guilty pleasure, and then I have a question for you. Okay. Um, but... I don't really want to end with, like, super neggy stuff, so I'd like to hear your questions. Okay. I have two major questions that kept coming back to me. I will start with number one is how many boxers are showing up to these press conferences waiting for the chance to challenge Rocky? Right. Do they have some sort of system? Is there a lottery? Is it first come, first serve? Is it, oh, Dave has this month. 
uh, Clubber Lang will try next month. Because there's only one person, but there's always somebody showing up being like, hey, fool, I can fight you. I think there's a lot of, like, I think that's more of a professional boxing question than a me question. Well, okay, yes, well, so I, play with me in this universe. I think that... You've spent more time in I think that I the way that professional boxing works is that, yeah, you have to, like, work your way up in the ranks fighting, like, lesser-known people to get the clout to be able to Sure, push. but, like, Clubber Lang didn't really. Like, he was fighting his way up, but it was just one of those things where it's not like, oh, our agents will put it together. It's mm-hmm. literally just somebody in the crowd, like, shut the fuck up, fight me. Fight me right here. No, but that was the thing. He tried to go through the appropriate mm-hmm. way, and Mickey kept being like, nope, 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 nope. Mm-hmm. You're too dangerous. We're not going to fight you. Mm-hmm. And so for him, it was like, well, they won't fight me the real way, so I got to get to Rocky. And like, Yeah, so that's the thing. Because Mickey was doing this for a long time, mm-hmm. like that was what was revealed mm-hmm. is that he was protecting Rocky mm-hmm. for years, only putting him in fights that he could win. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of Clubber Langs mm-hmm. out there mad. So how do, is there a club? Where do they meet? How do they work out? Who gets to go I to the Espresso? I don't know these answers to these questions. Play with me. I don't know the answers. <laughs> I think there's a lottery. I or, would... or maybe it's more of a fight club. Like the person who thinks their top dog gets to be like, I'm going to challenge Rocky this week. And somebody gets to be like, only if you can get through me. And then they fight each other. Ooh. And then the winner of that fight gets to challenge Rocky. I like the space. I wish they would challenge him without, like, assaulting, sexually, suggestively assaulting his wife, though. How about you get with a real man? I really didn't like that. Well, I also read today that um, Mr. T took his mom to the premiere and she saw that part and smacked him and said, I did not raise you to speak like that. And she left. Good. Good for you, Mrs. T. Good for her. Yeah. Okay, my other question is, how good at fighting slash boxing would Rocky be if he had just started training from the moment where they were like, this is your fight? Because every single movie, he's just like, hitting at the bag until there's a turning point where it's like, you have one month left to the fight. Adrian says, go all in. And then he's like... Time to start really buckling down, boys. And then he wins. Like, this man would be unstoppable if he had just, like, trained like this from the beginning. Yeah. Well, that's one of my gripes is, like, every one of his fights, I'm always screaming, put up your fucking hands, please. Please, for the love of God, protect your face. Every boxer knows to protect your face, but he just, like, gets punched in the face, and, like, you watch his neck just snap, and he's like, keep punching me in the face. Yeah, I and then at one point, he, th- he, like, uses that as, like, oh, I've made you think you can punch me in the face so many times, but really, I was absorbing all of your power. It's yeah. just wild. Which just... also is one of my other gripes is that after, like, two, they stopped making Rocky ugly in fights Mm -hmm. he came with like very strategic marks on Mm -hmm. his face whereas in one his eyes are swollen shut they literally had to cut him open come and make come and oh every time i can't come and make i gotta open my eye oh my god yeah so they have that and then you're in three and it's like oh he punched my cheek and now i got a little cut and so that was kind of one of my gripes like i like when they're ugly and just (laughs) gross keep hitting that does happen in creed 
I think it's Creed 1 or Creed... It's one of the Creeds. But yeah, Michael B. Jordan gets fucked up. Like, his eye is swollen shut. And... Yeah, they shouldn't make boxing look like it's something where you just walk out with mm-hmm. some... Especially going 15 rounds. 15 That's rounds. That's a lot of punches in the face. That's 45 minutes of being punched in the face. Yeah. That's insane. With something that is not soft. No, it's guy seems... And yeah. Yeah. And this man is very strong. Yeah. Um... I've already brought up why is everybody so cruel. We've already talked about the robot, which I love. <laughs> okay. This is, um, it's not a question or a gripe or anything. It's just a general um, observation mm-hmm. that I had. And that is that you and I are in love with the same man. Ooh. Rocky is Dominic Toretto. <laughs> One, they both wear a necklace that is a cross. And that is a symbol of who they are. That's true. Two, they have a ridiculous greaser outfit where it's Mm -hmm. like, buddy, nobody dresses like this, Mm -hmm. but they're so proud of their style. Three, they got a cool car and they are proud to show it off. Even though one of them can't drive their car for fucking shit. Yes, but he has it because he knows. (laughs) Four, they are impossibly charming with everyone in the neighborhood. That's true. Everyone Everybody loves knows Rocky. them. Everyone wants to be a part of their mm-hmm. story. Everyone wants a shout out when they go by. And five, they have a ride or die woman who is at one point in a coma. Wow. Wow. You really like brought this full circle. I can get behind this. I can get behind Rocky being a dominant yeah. credit. Because, yeah, one of my favorite things about Rocky is his family man. And that's one of your favorite things about Dominic Toretto. Mm-hmm. That is so fun. Yeah, they're just in different sports. But we're even... in love with the same man. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, that's. I mean, that goes along with our himbo thing from last episode, too, mm-hmm. where it's like, do not approach me unless you are kind and funny and, like, hotter than hell and dumb as rocks. And both Dominic Toretto and Rocky are hotter than hell. And, like, I feel like people didn't understand the dumb as rocks thing as being, like, dumb is not stupid to me. You can be stupid and, like, not and very, intelligent and, like, you know, in, intentionally think, obtuse and, like... I think dumb to me means um, you have a lot of humility. If yeah. you don't understand something, even if it's something basic, you have the ability to just say... Oh, I don't understand that. Yeah. Whereas a lot of people will just fake it through those Mm -hmm. sorts of things. But somebody who's dumb is genuinely interested in like, oh, I don't know what that is. Tell me what that is. Yeah. Like willing to admit their faults. Yes. And I think everyone is dumb in some kind of... I'm dumb as hell. I'm dumb as hell too. I feel like <laughs> like my nickname is literally Smart Sarah, but I'm dumb as shit a lot of the time. Like, there's, there's a lot a... of things we have to explain to you on a daily basis, as you should, because nobody yeah, knows everything. Nobody knows everything. And I think it's healthy to have a like... A very aware, an awareness of your own gaps, right? And your own humble, like, gaps in knowledge. And so, yeah, I'm very attracted to people who are also humble about, like, what they know and what they absolutely don't know and Mm -hmm. what they can stand to learn a little bit about, I think. And that's where I think these men, Dominic Toretto and Rocky, both have that. They're like... Hey, I'm no genius. Like, I don't know everything. I know a lot about, like, being punched in the face, and I know a lot about cars. <laughs> but that's kind of all I know. That's yeah. all I know what to do. So if I can have these other people help me out along the way. Yeah, and, like, they're very attracted to intelligence on, on other people and, like, people who can fill gaps in their families. And number seven, 
which I didn't even think of until now, everybody in Rocky's life is a found family. You mm-hmm. don't meet anybody except for his own fraternal son, which he or paternal son, which he has later. Yeah. But there's no mother, no father, no mm-hmm. brother, no sister. It's Adrian and Polly, who are blood-related. Mm-hmm. But they're not his blood. Not his blood. Then he marries in, and then he has Mick. And then and Apollo and, and Mickey oh. and, yeah. It's also Tony. a found family. Yeah. Little Marie, he brings her in. Steps. Punchy the dog. Everyone's a found family. Yeah, I fucking love a found family. And I think the... <sighs> <laughs> I just love a found family. I think the difference is, too, on why we go off on this divergent road is I probably uh, relate more to Letty than I do Adrian, mm-hmm. where the reverse is true, where you relate a lot yeah, to Adrian. I do. And none at all to Letty. That's very true. Like, because I also was very shy. And I still, like, we've talked about it a lot on the show, too, is, like, I'm also a very, like, hesitant, romantic person. And also I've been very shy and had a lot of, like, negative... Dating experiences? (laughs) No, but, like, not so supportive family commentary about myself and my ability to attract people which we won't get into. But, yeah, like, I very much resonate with Adrian, and so, yeah, that's why I'm in love with Rocky. Like, I see myself as the Adrian, and you're, like, the Letty, and you're in love with Dominic, and that very much, we're getting real deep in this. In this (laughs) this space. Yeah. So, okay, I was going to give another small fun fact. Yes, please. Polly drinks Stroh's. Which I think is cute. Oh, that is so cute. Yeah. Cause Especially because, like, they're not in Detroit. You no, think they're they not in Detroit. they would have some sort of, like, Iron City or something out in Pittsburgh. No. Or not Pittsburgh, Philadelphia. Paula drinks Stroh's, and Stroh's is my dad's ride-or-die beer. Nobody else gives a shit about Stroh's except my dad, but that's fine. I didn't um, even notice that that's what he I had. did. That was the first thing I noticed. Of when course. it came on the screen, I was like, oh, that's a Stroh's. Yep. Polly drinks Stroh's. I love it. Okay. What is your rocky small guilty pleasure? What is the thing that you just, like, is it the fucking robot? <laughs> no, but I love it so much. No, I think it is a good uh, workout montage. Everyone loves a good workout montage. Because, yeah, you love them in every single movie, and Rocky hits it perfectly. Mm-hmm. They, um, starting from Rocky 1, when he finally gets the okay to, like, or he finally finds it in himself to start working out, and then he finally runs up the steps, and he makes it. It That's powerful in itself. Mm-hmm. But then, every other movie hits it just as fucking hard. They're like, oh, you like that shit? I'm gonna give you some more of it. You like that? We're gonna, like, turn up the volume. Oh, and that's yeah. why I love Four so much. There's one point that I wrote... Um, crawling, grunting men. This is easily the best training montage of the series. And then I went, oh, no, because there wasn't even any breathing room. Nobody could even make a phone call. They start another montage to another song. And I was like, followed by another equally banger of a montage. Oh, I'm yeah. Obsessed. Four is mostly montages, which yes. goes to show that, that you're like rock opera thing holds weight because they just make these scenes with songs attached yeah they're just like oh we need to get to this other song let's just keep going okay my small guilty pleasure i'm like lost there is it the robot it is not the robot so i was gonna say that my small guilty pleasure is that rocky can wear a fucking sweater goddamn (laughs) oh my god his thanksgiving sweater in rocky one 
All I want of his it. sweaters. I All want of his it. sweaters are so fucking great. At one point on my Tumblr, I screenshotted a scene where he like literally tumbles Adrian in the grass in this like white linen like crocheted number and I just fucking lost it. It's my favorite sweater he's ever worn. So like Rocky can wear a fucking sweater. <laughs> is it sweaters? But on my other small guilty pleasure, I'll say, is Rocky's puns. Because I've stolen a lot of them. Like, yes. the why do cows wear bells because their horns don't work. But I also, like, in two, he's buying Adrian a watch. And he's like, Adrian, you want a good time? Then you gotta have a good watch. And I just love it so much. Good. I just love all good. of his puns. And I've stolen a lot of them to use. Because I, I love a good pun. You are a very dad joke kind of girl. I love dad jokes. My dad tells the most dad jokes, and so I have to have a Which bunch. Which he has stolen from other people. I know. So, yeah. I tell him jokes, and he's like, oh, that's mine now. And I'm you're stealing like, that. oh, yeah, I made that up. Not Rocky Balboa, dad. Yeah, I've never told anyone before now that I stole the, the <laughs> it's horns joke from Rocky, but I did. Okay, so because Rocky is a sports franchise, right? Um, I know we've had this discussion before, so I'm hoping that you have it in the back of your mind already. But what would your walkout music be? My walkout? Yeah, oh, yeah, like, so you like know, coming walk, up to bat. Yeah, when coming up to bat or walking into the ring, you're like getting hype, getting ready. Mine, I'll tell you mine because I do this to you every time, you and do. I ask you questions. And a question then you're like, look how stupid this girl is. That requires thought, and then I don't let you think. So mine, I thought long and hard about mine. Mine would I thought zero percent about. Me. Mine would have to be "Bust a Move" by Young MC. Ooh, that's very good. Yeah. yeah. This is a tale for all the fellas. Try to do what those ladies tell us. Get shot down because you're overzealous. Play hard to get females. Get jealous. I can sing the whole song for you if you really want me to, but I just so that is my hype song, and it has been my hype song. It was, it came out in 1989, which is the year I was born. Mm-hmm. And also, it's the song that my dad would play every single time we would go sledding. Because, like, he would come home from work at 6 o'clock at night. Yes. This is the thing we would do, like, every weekday in the wintertime. My dad would come home at 6. We'd eat dinner really fast. And then he'd be like, okay, get your snowsuits on. It's 730. We'll go to the sled hill. We'll get, like... 15 runs down the sled hill before bedtime and then we'd go to Kmart and get slushies on our way home and he would always blare this song on our way to the sled hill like every time we would go we'd go like two or three times a week in the winter when the snow was nice and we'd be the only people on the sled hill we'd go like our 15 times and then he'd be like rally okay let's get back in the minivan go to Kmart get our slushies go home go to bed and that was our like winter thing every year and so young bust a move by young mc will always get me fucking hype and it just makes me feel so fucking ready to rage so that is my walkout music wow that's i don't your turn (laughs) you're such a bitch (laughs) here's this wonderful childhood memory that almost brought kelly to tears Okay, Kelly, now you go. Yeah, what bullshit are you going to pull out of your butt? So I would have to say, just based on who I am, and it would take some, like, listening on my part, it would probably have to be, like, uh, B.I.G. or... Uh, That's what I was thinking it, It's got to be Biggie. I listen to a lot of Biggie. You, yeah, when I think of Biggie, I think of you. Yeah. Like... I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if that was your. It would have to be like Biggie music. or Snoop or ODB 
Wu Tang. Mm-hmm. Like it would take some serious soul searching for me to pick out. Yeah, one of you songs. like a dirty rap. I like a dirty rap, but I would need to find one of their clean raps so I could walk out to it. Ooh, you know what also might be really fun to walk out to? I'm just trying to think of like hyping up the crowd along with hyping up you. Mm. Pussy control would be a fun hype. It is, like, but you can't scream pussy at a no, minor league baseball that's game. That's true. But I just, I'm thinking, because, like, yeah. it comes up on the jukebox a lot when we're in the bar. It does, because people love to see me scream it. Well, and and I remember we had some friends one time, because people like to record us while we're drunk at the bar, which I don't <laughs> like. I don't condone and do not promote on this podcast. No, but... One of the videos people take of us is, like, of us singing Pussy Control. And we sent it to a friend of ours, and it was like, ah, Pussy Control. But it was too loud, and so they only heard me yelling, ah. Like, like, why is Sarah screaming? Why is Sarah screaming? Like, it's the song. It's part of the song. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think I could walk out to just that. Yeah. Um, Okay, Sarah, I'm going to use this as homework, and I will come back to you. At a certain point. Because I do think about this, honestly, every baseball season. The I first know. baseball game I go to, I'm like, fuck, we've, what would my walkout music be? We've had this conversation numerous times. I That's know. why I was hoping you would have one in, in your pocket. I stew over it all the time, but man, like, I feel like it would be on, based on my day to day. How aggressive do I feel like being today when I step up to bat? Well, one of my more recent... It's not going like, to be living in America, I tell you that. <laughs> one of my more recent hype-up songs has been Lizzo's Like a Girl... That's very good. But I kept coming back to Young MC. I was like, it has to be Bust a Move. That just, like, gets me so much more hype than anything else. And it has, like, a strong emotional attachment for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I so. like that a lot. You did good. You did research good. Yeah. I did not. I wrote about sex robots. And That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. So, sir, what, what do you think him and that robot did? Do you think that's why she's not in five? Did he, like, uh, maybe he jam it? Her. Did yeah. he get it too sticky? Oh, no. I don't want this to be the end of the thing. So I'm going to say, <laughs> yo, Adrian, we did it. We did it. Bum, <laughs> 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 <laughs>